Steve, uh, we're back. Um, I'm a little smelly today. Good thing this is on Zoom. You're smelly? Yes. Um, the Doesn't dogs... work on a podcast, but go ahead. No, the, the, the dogs got into it with a skunk last night after the Super Bowl. So my Super Bowl was great. The aftermath was not. And I'm guessing the dogs lost. The dogs lost, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, skunks suck. The thing I learned is it doesn't, it like, it's so strong that it doesn't smell like skunk anymore. It just smells worse than skunk. Like, it smells like what I imagine tear gas to smell like. <laughs> and that's true, right? And the tough part is if you bathe them, right? And I'm sure you did, right? You bathe them. And then they're going to shake that stuff off, right? Or you're going to dry them off with something, right? Oh, and it's, it's just like, it, it just... It's everywhere. It, it, yes. It's like, it's like, well, you're too young. This is old guy, young guy. It's like stick them from Lester Hayes. It just ends up everywhere. It's not... I, Zero out of 10 would not recommend. Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend this podcast, which is called Stuff Summer Says. Nope, that's the website. Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve. We have a website. It's called StuffSummerSays.com. There's a section on that website called with Steve. Um, but we're not at that point in the show yet. So um, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl because it's our Super Bowl recap extravaganza show. Um, I, I I also have another old guy, young guy. Um, that's an actual old guy, young guy. Um, but I think we'll do this our our traditional style. Let's go through it: uh, game, halftime show, commercials, and then I think we'll cap it off with the broadcast, or maybe we'll just. What about of... the prop bets? How do I do? Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Okay, never mind. You you won. You won. I oh wow! You you. There were a couple pushes, but if I remember correctly, it was like the final score shook out to like four to two. I'm gonna say I didn't uh, do very well, so you must have done the like Yeah, yeah. I got I took too many, too big of risks. So um congrats to Steve on winning all, all of our prop bets this year. Um, okay, let's talk about uh where you want to start. You, you said we were starting with the game, start. right? Is that what you said? You want, it's I doesn't matter. Let's go there. That's this Super Bowl, right? Let's right? Okay, sure. All right. Um a boring game for three quarters and then a relatively interesting game for two quarters, which is sounds weird because there were five quarters essentially played. Um, none of it necessarily surprised me. And maybe, and maybe I just missed the memo, but I did think it was a little low scoring. Um, I did think it was a little, there, the, you know, with, with when European soccer teams and European football teams, um, play championship matches a lot of the times they're like one nothing or like low scoring affairs right and it's it's kind of everybody just kind of waiting for somebody to make a mistake and it kind of felt like um that's what we witnessed which was kind of waiting for somebody to make a mistake but i didn't really feel like either team made a mistake i think it was more so patrick mahomes had the ball and it mattered most and he's a pretty good quarterback yeah, I mean, they both played great defense early on, which would seem good. I thought San Francisco was controlling the lines on both sides. I mean, they had fumbles and made some mistakes, but I don't think a mistake cost the game. I think best quarterback in the league made plays when he needed to, and and they did a great job. I mean, they, you know, I don't I don't think it was so much what San Francisco didn't do as as what the Chiefs did do, um, and it got it got entertaining and compelling at the end, which was nice. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. The about what the Chiefs did do. Um, the honestly, the the most interesting thing about the game was the fumbles early on, which was it, it was weird because it almost reminded me of 
last year with how the, the players were all slipping on the field. It was like kind of like there were that many fumbles, obviously not necessarily the same. Um, so that was interesting. And then there was like the little Travis Kelsey meltdown that I think that everybody can kind of laugh off now, but I wanted to, I would have wondered what happened in the alternate universe where the chiefs don't <laughs> win and how that's looked at. Um, particularly in the media's eyes. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, one of the better recent it, it wasn't the best super bowl but it comparatively to some of the other recent super bowls it was one of the better ones um i i think i think that do you uh i know we're not necessarily an nfl podcast but do you think the uh the chiefs are a dynasty are you fully accepting them as a dynasty in this day and age, three and five years yeah yeah and yeah. and and they're not you know, Patrick Mahomes, what's around him in some places. I mean, their offensive line didn't look super. I mean, yay for Donovan Brown for getting the ring and whatever else. But they did really well without feeling like the most talented team on the, team, on the field. Yeah. Not they were under talented, but I don't know that they were the most talented of the two. I think that's a good way to put it. Like, they didn't um, – they did nothing to necessarily wow me. But it was very, it was equally as impressive. Um, it was a collective body of work. I think would be a good way to to put it. Um, so yeah, no, I I'll buy buy that they're a dynasty. Um, I, I I mean I don't know I, I don't I, I don't see anybody stopping that quarterback anytime soon. So I think that's, that's... he's scary good when he needed to be right. Like I mean I think yeah. there were maybe some struggles early on, but I think both defenses deserve credit for what they did. And, but he just at the end of the game took over, made some throws that he connected on some throws that he wasn't connecting on earlier, running when he needed to. Just, I don't know that he willed them to win because I don't think it was him alone, but he was certainly the leader and certainly deserving of the MVP. He took over the game the way, and like I know people were like, oh, Michael Jordan. I think Tony Romo made the Michael Jordan analysis like immediately after, but he took it over the way any of those types of athletes do in those types of moments. And I think that's, that's what stood out and was the, the most interesting to me. Um, one thing I noticed that I would never noticed before on a Super Bowl, and, and maybe it was just because I just happened to see it more often. Um, the extra officials that were around the field was a weird ad. There was a tussle maybe at the end of half uh, or what end of one of the quarters or end of the half. Um, and like 4,000 of them just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting to see in terms of the Super Bowl. Um, and then I think the main thing was then the, the overtime situation. Um, and I, I think this will, this will tee nicely into the broadcast. So we'll go to the broadcast after this. Um, it was not explained well to me. I understood, I understood that, uh, I understood that both teams were getting the ball and, and and whoever got the ball second, which in this case was the Chiefs, would have a chance to fully answer. I did not understand or know until, honestly, until right before the, the final play of the game that why the Chiefs were taking their time because nobody explained what, what the timing situation was, and that was an absolute miss. Um, and I think that was like – going into the broadcast, what the hell is Gene Ster Steratore there for? Like, like even Jim Nance, like, 
was like, well, Gene, you want to you want to take a shot at explaining these? And it seemed like he didn't know. I, I, it was weird. Yeah, I mean, even college football, right? Anymore, you know, when it goes into overtime, they're going to stick that graphic on the screen and explain what's going on. Didn't happen. And, and, and I didn't know. Well, when I had an inkling of it was when Tony Romo said it. And I wouldn't trust Tony Romo with anything he said about anything in the world. Right. So when he's saying, oh, it's, it's, this is like the first quarter. I'm like, what is he drinking now? Like, and, and why aren't they in a hurry? Because the clock's running out. Like, I thought they had two possessions. And when time ended it, at the end of the, the overtime period, it was over. I did not know the rule. And, and they did not serve viewers in that way, which, you know, on, on one hand doesn't surprise me. And on the other hand, is just, well, disappointing. So I guess it's the same heavy hand of, of not serving us. Maybe the... Maybe I, 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 maybe this is the catalyst for changing the rule collectively, like the the regular season rule, getting rid of ties and, and changing it this way collectively. Because I think that would have it, had we had that like transparency, I think that would have been a little more clear going into the season than then we had a couple of season games where we were like, okay, this is how this works. But it, it works apparently differently in in the playoffs, and obviously, like it has to go on until somebody wins the game particularly in the playoffs, but I, I don't know. Yeah. The, that felt like, I don't care how casual of your audience is or how, if, if you and I are sitting here talking about it, I, good Lord, I, I have to imagine a lot of people that aren't necessarily plugged into football the same way we are. were hella confused. Yeah. I just, yes, I think serve viewers. And I just think, and it felt like in, a, in the broadcast, the disconnect was internal some ways. I thought CBS's production, um, you know, whether you're seeing the officials on the sideline, whether you're seeing the guy who injured his Achilles getting run out, getting ready to run out on the field, whether you're, they had great graphics. I mean, not, I don't know about design, mm. but well-timed. It's been this many mm. times since. And and they, they were at the right time. And in some cases, the broadcasters made reference to them. In other cases, they left them just sit on the screen. And I, I, appreciate you don't have to beat people over the head with that but there were some good numbers um so I, I feel like they were prepared production wise and the folks delivering the information missed a little bit i think one of the biggest misses early especially with the achilles injury and the speed with which the 49ers were playing was let's talk about the turf the story the whole week leading up to the game was the 49ers practice field and it was soft didn't get mentioned at all during the game oh are they running faster because now this is a harder surface and they, and they feel better Oh, did the guy pull his Achilles? You know, I just thought that was a miss in terms of of obvious stuff. I, mean, I don't think it was an awful broadcast, but I think at the Super Bowl with the production, the talent, the resources, the spotters, it, it's it, perfect. It's hard to expect in a live broadcast, but they weren't close to that either. No. Mm -mm. What 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 letter grade would you give it? I, I'm I'm at a solid B minus. Yeah, I, I would be generous with the B, but I'm comfortable with the B minus. Like I just, yeah, because there was that mix of, you know, there's that mix of who you're serving, right? It's not a football, it's not a regular football viewer because those right. games get 50 million people. This gets 120. So, who are you serving? How how are you doing that? And and I just I know it's a change in approach, but you know all season it's coming when you have the game. We're going to have the Super Bowl this year. What are we going to do a little differently? Um, well, I just, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good way to, I, I agree with that because 
I want to I want to go back to what you said about the graphics. So the graphics themselves, yes, they were good. Like the the information that I was getting was good. Um there was one particular, I think it was mm, fourth quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, Travis Kelsey had a couple big catches on a drive and they showed the first half which he had 1 yard and then it was like 56 yards in the in the second half and it was just a very striking number to me that I was like okay that's that's impressive and that's that's ser that's serving the viewer um but where i felt like well before we digress a little bit i do I, we must talk about the new score bug it's it's like it's bad like it looks like the 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 team names or the team initials look like the fonts didn't properly render and it just looked lazy and sloppy. And I can't believe somebody that makes $200,000 a year, probably signed off on that. Oh, um, I agree. I, I, but I don't know the, the industry in terms of what they're trying to do and saying, let's make more room on the screen and keep it simple. And it's got to be on, the big TVs as well as these devices, right? And and what the other things they're trying to do to try to make sure it renders correctly in all the places they want it to render. And, and you're more of a score bug snob than I am. So I, I probably can't quite get there, but I don't disagree. It, it felt like a step back for CBS and they had the they had the most average. Everything about CBS is so average, I think. It's, it's no offense to anybody that works at CBS, but it's just, it feels very average. Um, so I, I wanted to to harp on that real quickly. Um, but then let's, I think the main attraction of the night in terms of broadcast, I, I want to, the, the main play that I think I want to talk about that encapsulates everything is the final play of the game. It's Tony Romo talking through the time situation and just kind of spewing on and not knowing when to shut up and, and let Jim Nance take over. And then, Jim has a great call and I went back and actually listened to it. And, and he had a great little Vegas tie in with jackpot. And I thought that was great. And then Tony Romo just kind of starts talking and like the team just, like it was, it was bizarre. He, he just was disconnected. And yet going back to your production point, the, the sequence of play and then the crowd reaction, particularly with Ross Travis slash Taylor Swift, it was, it was, Perfect, because that was what that whole moment was about, because that even if the, that is Taylor Swift and that is all, Blake Lively and all these other celebrities celebrating, that is how every Kansas City Chiefs fan was feeling in that moment. And I thought that was a great like bang, bang shot um, to get us kind of through that, that. But it was the guides to the story. Jim Nance was there and I felt like Tony Romo, not as bad as he has been, but not as good as as he can be. And I, I, maybe I don't know how good he can be. I was going to say, I don't think as good as someone in that role should be. I think yes. he might be as good as he can be. Um, I think he slowed down in the first half a little bit and didn't ramble as much. Um, but then, I mean, even the, the 49ers driving over time, he said something about, well, you know, the thing you can't do this time in the game is be running the ball. Like that's just, you know, a ball. and then they ran the ball in two plays later. He's like, Oh, it's a great job for them running the ball. I'm like, dude, make up your mind. And, and that I don't feel more informed or smarter as a viewer, having watched a game that Tony Romo worked. And, and I, that's, I think that's the overall summary of it. I don't doubt that, well, I kind of, I don't doubt that, I guess that he knows what he's talking about, but 
because he can't turn himself off, right, your face is right, because he can't turn himself off, and because he doesn't explain it clearly sometimes, I'm not sure he knows what he's talking about, right? Maybe he's just the Dallas quarterback who was in lots of production meetings through the years, is handsome, got a gig, had a good first year when he was hot predicting plays, and now that that trick has run its course, and he's just okay. So, I don't know. I I, I just, I, I think you're right. I think the storytellers that framed what we were seeing were not as strong as the, the pictures we were getting. Well, and I think, I think particularly with Romo is, and I think, I think about this in the context of Kevin Burkhart. And I think about this in the context of Tom Brady, maybe taking over for, oh, I'm sorry, not Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson um, is the Greg Olson's ability to slow down the game for me and make me, whether I watched a thousand football games or five football games in my lifetime, or this is my first, he can make me understand why, why that happened. Tony Romo did not do that, has not done that, has just started saying, this is the game. This is the game. How many times did we hear this is the Super Bowl? Like at some point when you say that it loses its value. And I think it, it, it almost cheapens the, and I think that's why, why did, the the final call and the, the the touchdown to win the game felt meh because it just the with Tony Romo kind of talking through the time thing and then boom Jim Nance making the call and then Tony Romo just kind of ah, making noise it was it was rough um it, it kind they kind of remind me of the old guy and the little kid from the movie Up right yeah like like yeah. They, 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 that's what it kind of, that's kind of if they worked a game together that's kind of what I envisioned them sounding like. It's and so the other thing that happened, and it, it, I feel like we're harping on Tony Romo, and I, but I, I think I don't know. It's the Super Bowl. This is important. That's their that they're spending a lot of money for Tony Romo more than some teams are paying their quarterback, um, and I think even more than than Brock Purdy was making last night. Um, the thing that I was thinking about was. Jim Nance, they come back from commercial at the end of the regulation. They come back and they show the shot of them in the booth. And Jim Nance is getting like doing his good theatrics, setting up the moment, building. And then Tony Romo is like makes a joke about like, are you sure about that, Jim, or something like that? Like, and it just cheapened the experience. Um, and I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it. And again, going back then to the other key guide in the situation. Gene Steratore, what you know? Why didn't they stop the clock on that Kyle Juszczyk play? Get give me that immediately. He's there. It's not like he's not there. It was, and then that may of be course, the one the production time. thing. That may yeah. be the one production thing. He's he's there. It's not like you got to go back to New York and find him. He he's there, and, and yeah. it should be sooner with some stuff in those instances. I think too. Not that your analyst shouldn't know the things, but if you're good, and, and if you call your analyst in, then he gets the final say. And Tony doesn't need to come in and, and add on to it. Yeah. He's the rules guy. Yep. Yeah, I agree, Gene. No, you don't need to. He's our guy. He's done it. He's talked for us. Yeah. So. Be more definitive about bringing him in. Because um, I do think Gene is probably, uh, I kind of like Dean Blandino a little bit more because Dean Blandino is very like 
cut and dry. Here's what happened. Here's what I saw. Here's the what, what the rule book tells us in that situation. Gene is like kind of putting his own little, well, eh, we got to look at this and that. And, eh. <laughs> but I, I don't think he does a bad job, but just let him be the authority figure. That is why you pay him, you know? Right. I agree. Um, so that was, that was that broadcast. Steve, did you watch any of the uh, SpongeBob broadcast? I didn't, and I should have. I thought about switching over, and I didn't. And I, I love No Eagle, and I love I I it, I should have. I regret not watching it or DVRing it. I I am hoping that somehow I can find a way to rewatch it because I I did have it on, and I don't. I kept we had it on. I, I had the game on the TV, and then I had it on my computer, the, the SpongeBob broadcast, like occasionally. And I would check it, turn the sound on, see what they were talking about, and I had the thought of like, what am I missing that I wouldn't be getting from that situation type thing. Um, and I don't know. I, I kind of think I should have, uh, I should have turned it on because it, it was fun. It seemed fun. I, I think Patrick and SpongeBob, the, they did a nice job with that picking good, good characters. Like that's a good yeah. character set to, to utilize. Um, I liked the little celebrity shout outs that they kind of kept showing up on social media mm -hmm. um, of like Snoop Dogg, fish and and um some of the the other characters so i i thought it was clever and it didn't detract from the main event in any way no i think they know what they're trying to do and have a plan and it's easier to do it right in some ways because it's more about the presentation and and whatever else but yeah i kind of regret regret not doing that and it's probably not something what nickelodeon's paramount owned right so that's not going to have a super bowl broadcast next year because it's not a cbs game so It'll be a playoff game. Yeah. Um, so, but it seemed like, and it seemed like the people that did watch it, the reviews were very good of it. Like the, the people enjoyed it, uh, but I don't think that the people that I'm getting the review, reviews from are necessarily the target audience for said, well, I mean, no, I'm, and they still had a good time with it though, right? That's the yeah. best part. So, you know, they were doing something good. Um, so, okay. All right. Well, like that takes care of the game. Anything about the broadcast that you want to? You feel like you got everything off your chest? I got it all. I got it all off my chest, I think. Okay. Proud of you. Happy to go. Um, Steve, how, uh, I, I think you said you hit the under on the halftime. I gave you the under on the halftime. Uh, songs. songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you, what were your thoughts? Uh, did you watch any of the halftime show? Because I know you were thinking about doing dishes at that I point. did do dishes because the TV's there. I could hear it. Um, these, this is, this is, I, I was a little sick this weekend. So maybe this skewed my, maybe I was just not in the mood for, I feel like I've seen that halftime show before. I feel like it's an individual hip hop artist who brought in some friends and they hit their high notes together and they did whatever. I feel like very entertaining performance, crowd loved it, but I think they've done that show before in some ways. It was my reaction. Um, and for I, people for whom it worked, it worked. Like I, I great reviews. Yeah. People loved it. You know, so yeah. I am in the generation that is supposed to enjoy that halftime and show. You did. I, I did not. I hated oh, it. Never mind. And I think and in okay, here's what happened. Earlier in the day, I was like, I, I, I always sit down and try to watch a couple halftime shows from yesteryear. And I always make sure I watch the Tom Petty one and I always watch, make sure I watch the Prince one. And the Prince one is like amazing because he just gets up there and just He's just like, I'm going to play half of my songs and half cover songs, and you're going to deal with it, and I'm going to melt your face off. And Usher gets up there, and his microphone is 17 feet away from his face like this. 
And then he is like dancing and barely singing. And I'm, I don't know. He played like 10 songs, like the over hit on that. And he played like 10 songs and we heard like maybe four words of each. It was, uh, I don't know. It's maybe a performance. It, it's not a concert, right? So it's a show. But yeah, I, I, I think it's a tough balance always to find the person, right? Which is why there hasn't been a person. It's always, they name somebody in September, October, and then the speculation for the next couple of months is who they're going to have with them. Well, pick somebody who's big enough just to carry the stinking show by themselves. And you won't have to have that speculation. But I mean, it sounded like I thought it would sound. It just, I feel like I've seen that approach before. Not that you can do something different every time, but I'm so, I'm shocked, shocked that it nah. didn't resonate with you. Nah, 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 just didn't like it. Didn't like it. Okay. Didn't, uh, I don't know. And then I, a couple people pointed out about him roller skating around. And it's just reminded a lot of people of Starlight Express. And so that was what I thought. It, of. It's early next year. Who is, if, if Darren could book <laughs> the Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show. Well, so it's I don't know. I, I wish they would lean. Where's the game? The, like, where's the game? It's in New Orleans, and so okay. I wish they would lean a little bit more. But there's not really like a blues artist or like a an R and B like R and B that style of of that style of like Southern music kind of popular enough. I I, I kind of want. I don't know. I still always want the Foo Fighters. Like, I feel like the Foo Fighters not playing a halftime show is going to be, if, if it shakes out that way, it's going to be the greatest travesty in the history of halftime shows. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be like my guess. I don't know. I feel like we might just get a repeat and get like Post Malone and and some other people to come along and, and sing with them. Maybe Ariana Grande, but again, I I think you're going to go back to the same issue of like, you're going to have friends show up. Maybe Bieber. Give me Bieber. I bet Bieber would do a good job. Okay. Hasn't done it before? Hasn't done it before. Not to my house. I don't think Post Malone, because I do, I do think Post Malone's dropping a country record this year, and I think that will make him ineligible for the Super Bowl halftime show. Because no country artist is considered big enough to do that, right? And and they may not be because of one. the show, the showiness of it. Who? Garth Brooks. I would watch Garth. Think about it. Garth Brooks, Colin, Colin Baton Rouge in Louisiana at a Super Bowl. People lose their mind. Like he's wrong? he's got got the appeal. You're right. Appeal. So all right. So who was your who who would be your guest? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't think I was going to ask. I'll I'll say the one, and you can roll your eyes. But I, and I didn't know she had turned them down. Before. Martina McBride, Colin Kaepernick roles. No, Pink. Entertaining would put on a show. Yeah, could carry she, herself. Has just done a stadium tour this last year. I know you love her. Would die for her. Because uh, you're a dad, and that's like required. But I, I, and I know it's not going to happen. But I, I, I don't. I don't know music enough. I'm too old to know the music that they would put out there at halftime. So. See, but I think you were... so we have Garth. We have Garth Brooks and Pink's as the as the stuff Summer says podcast recommendations. Though. Those that's are our week. If, yes, if you're listening to us, that's our the thing. The thing that a couple of people pointed out last night, and I don't think they're wrong, is your generation got the stretch like well after the whole Janet Jackson thing of of Bruce, Prince, Petty. Then there was like the Who and and maybe Paul McCartney somewhere in in there, um, 
kind of got like your generation pandered mm -hmm. to. I think we're about, my generation is about to get that treatment. And yep. I think Usher was kind of the start of that. Um, I don't know. Maybe give me like a, what's Britney Spears up to? Maybe we could get her out of whatever. <laughs> That'd be fun. I don't know. Or, or do like the boy, get the boy bands, get in, in sync back together and get Backstreet Boys back together and let mm -hmm. them do it. That'd be fun. It's good, you go. good appeal. All right. Uh, that leaves the last key element, the commercials. Steve, I uh, I need to pull it up here, but I wrote my top five commercials, but I, I'm just going to hear what commercials stood out to you in your your list. I did a little Broadway fanboy when the Wicked thing started right at the beginning of the game. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm just wait, excited for the movie. Wait a second. You, Steve's a Broadway guy? Oh, no. Well, there's the, the, the you need to know the Wicked inside story. And I'm sure the viewers and listeners that have gotten this far will appreciate that we saw Wicked on Broadway and it's over and we're done and, and we're walking out. And I'm like, so that was her father? Like, no spoilers. I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I'm slow in the uptake. And, and Susan was like, how could you not pick up all the clues? Like, how could you not be? So I'm like, okay, it'll be a good movie. Um, uh, okay. I Wait, let me just confess this. And, and I, I had several New York slash two friends that have theater slash that type of arts degrees shame me for this. I've never seen a Broadway play or Broadway anything. Musical, okay. Right. So, but I, the wicked thing... It was funny because I got to show Anna the. Have you? I'm sure you've seen the 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 guys arguing about the wicked wicked witch of the East bro video. I got to show her that. So, I'll have to get you to a musical next year. So, okay. Um, I think Dunkin' Donuts did a really good job. I think the right cameos, the right people, because the approach was all stars and big moments. But those are the right people that made it work. They built off last year's. There was history. So I, I think I like that. Maybe among the best at all best of uh, all let me let me say this about the duncan one as i sit here and drink my duncan i saw um the duncan commercial was the best super bowl commercial in the last 10 years it will be it was a instant classic for me of it was it was up there with what's up and like those that level of of fame for me i, I just thought it was per like that was everything what a super bowl commercial should be get a lot of stars make me laugh uncontrollably and I just had fun. It was it was good. I think everybody else was trying to do that and, and couldn't. I mean, realistically, it, yeah. Every other one, whether it was Tina Fey and we get the Glenn Coase reveal or whatever, didn't like, get that one. None of them, none of them hooked me or I was engaged. Like maybe I just again wasn't feeling super well. Maybe the humor wasn't resonating, and maybe by the second half I was ready for some laughter. Um, but I thought that might have was probably the best of the bunch. The Oreo twist on it thing was kind of cute. Same thing, maybe not to that level. Um, and then, you know, sentimental stuff. I like the Volkswagen bug thing, like the vote with the Volkswagen through the years thing, what they started with the bug coming over and, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and even as, you know, as dad of daughters, right. The dove commercial early on about women's body image. I'm like, okay, at least you have a message, right? Mm -hmm. You're not here to joke with me. This is on brand for dove. Cause they do this stuff with women's body issues. It's a good commercial. So probably there, my top okay. four or five ish, I guess is what I mentioned. All right. Yeah, so my number one was the clear Duncan. I thought that was, was great. My number two was the Christopher Walken one. I thought, yes. I thought that was very well thought out with then having the Usher 
cameo and just like because i guarantee you that's christopher walken's life it's just everybody doing the impersonation back to christopher walken so i mm -hmm. thought that was good um the baja blast one was just excellent because number one we just finished rewatching parks and rec for the 19th time and i don't know i love baja blast and it was nice like i i had had parts of that one spoiled for me but i didn't see the plot twist with nick offerman coming and so that mm -hmm. really like added a nice nice punch um i thought the kawasaki one for a brand that really hasn't done a super bowl commercial hit it out of the park i thought that one was yeah, yeah i thought that one was great um and had stone cold kind of show up anytime he you can kind of see him you know break his shell um and then i thought the reese's one was good because i i like a good good reese's commercial i thought they put a little clever um yeah i else... had that all like i had ups and downs and those were all in my ups but probably yeah. in my top five ups yeah i i, I thought I, I don't know the tina fey one didn't didn't it was fine I, that one was all right i'm trying to think of some of the other ones i i didn't necessarily enjoy the m&m's one was like the celebrity thing and, and tried to but it just didn't work yeah like it just i mean it had charlotte johansson in it which was okay there's a redeeming value at the end yeah. but otherwise it just same kind of thing right here's here's the blueprint big brand big names a little bit of humor and they check some boxes but it just didn't feel funny the mick ultra one with messi and dan marino and uh jason stegas and yeah, I thought you'd have that higher because we do soccer and Ted or Ted Lasso and it's just kind of I don't know. It was and Dan it, Marino it, had a couple ads. Like he, 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 he had at least a big year for Dan Marino. Yeah, good for Dan Marino for yeah. making the that money. Um the other one that missed the one that missed the most for me was the MGM one. Um the with Vince Vaughn and uh Gretzky and I I don't remember who else. I feel like that's who Vince Vaughn is though. Like I mean, I think that's yeah, the person who plays all the time. That's yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I just, it was a little bit of a miss for me. Um, Paramount can Plus we, and Captain Picard was was funny. With Hey Arnold okay. was was yeah. very funny. I enjoyed that one. Um, the thing I want to stop doing is the Gronk kicking. First off, that that one aired early. So yes. why so why are you going to pummel me with it and then air it early? That one because I think it was it might have even been before it was like before kickoff but like it was early yeah. during the game like the game presentation part um that was like I, I don't know i don't i don't need to see gronk kick it kick a football again i and i think he missed on purpose this time like i, I think the the last time he didn't miss on pur purpose this time he did uh for whatever reason and i don't know how much their plans changed if at all with the carl weathers thing right like because mm. i assume he would have been in it or involved yeah um so maybe that force them to change their plans on the kicking approach but yeah i agree um, but people love gronk like i mean i apparently so i don't, I don't if you're, I like, I, I don't what like i thought gronk. when that happened was boy if you're pat mcafee you have to be pissed right like well yeah i mean i mean FanDuel's not going to do with him after they broke up but good lord of anybody that you could do it with i mean it, it looked like and it looked like a bad college game day segment Realistically, yeah. it looked like one of those guys they pulled from the from the stands and stood him along some bookstore on some college campus and told him to kick and he missed. Yeah. Why not have like, you know, I think last year they did it with a little more pyrotechnics and like, why not have some like dirt bikes jumping over and like, you know. Well, because they screwed up last year, right? We missed it. We missed part of it, didn't it? What didn't they I miss forget. The kick I, somehow there yeah. were technical difficulties. So I think yeah. they were probably trying to dumb down, make sure it happened. But yeah, I agree. Um, 
So that one stood out. And then the god-awful Timu one, um, which did you know what Lots Timu, of them. did you know what that is? Because I did, but I didn't know, like, Yeah, they because they pop up on my social feeds because I bought yeah. some stuff online. So like so now I'm sure they're like, oh here, buy from here. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I Good. I, I was just suppressed, like, like there were a couple brands. I'm like, really, this is what you're spending money on. Like, this is gonna help your awareness that much. Like you have a budget, and this is the most wise spend. But I guess it is if you're in front of that many people. But I thought there were a couple, couple brands. I was like, really? This is what you're gonna do with that money. I, I mean, that's the thing. The the commercials that you and I just talk through, we remember because number one, they're prominent brands, but two, they were really good. The other ones that we don't necessarily remember, we don't remember because they weren't good. And 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 it, I don't know if you're coming out on Super Bowl night like that, you got you can't you can't miss you 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 can't because otherwise. you're going to waste $7 million. Right. And I, it just felt like some of those prob companies probably couldn't afford to miss and probably did. So. Yeah. Um, oh, you know which ones that I didn't like? The, the home.com ones. The I apartments.com was. ones were great. Like the few years ago, they were great with Jeff Goldblum. The home.com, like they had too many of them. Just, just keep, like, we get it. You, you're doing a bit. I don't know. Yeah, no, and I, and I, there were three or four of those, right? And as I think about them, and we have friends who are realtors and whatever else, I, I thought for me, the old guy, right? Thinking, oh, this is really changing. Like this is more and more people are going to buy their houses this way. Like, yeah, you know, I, no, so still need a realtor in most states, I think. We'll see. All right, this week's old guy, young guy. Anything else about the Super Bowl? You feel good? No, about let's the Super do the Bowl? old guy, young guy. You said Okay, you had something, so I'm curious. I, we may have done this one already, but I, I want to I celebrate. want. I want to know what time does the Samsel family get to the airport? Like if the, like Depends how early? on who's in charge. Ooh, ooh. It, it depends. I'm an early, I'm a get there early. How We have early? Wi-Fi. Like, let's say, I mean, we, You're flying we're probably, and you're not, not flying out of state college no, because that doesn't count. That's a little no, but like, even at, I'm probably arriving for a domestic flight, not much later than they would recommend you arrive for an international flight. Wow. So Steve, Steve And makes I, a good and, point. and I still think the best thing we've ever spent money on is TSA pre, right? So I know what's going to happen, right? We're going to get through the lines and we're going to, we're going to hurry up and wait. But I like my company that I'm waiting with. So that's a victory. And I'm there, right? And nothing else, because nothing, what else am I going to be doing but waiting to leave? So I might as well even get there. All right. I respect that. I, I'll start the process early. Um, we just got pre-check. I'm, I'm traveling next week for work. And so this was kind of why I was thinking about this, but um, we just got pre-check and I used to be like, you know, like we're getting there. Like, let's get there three hours early. Not really, but like ideally heading to through the airport doors about two hours before my flight Mm takes off. Um, even if it's an airport, like Reagan, it takes two seconds to get through Reagan BWI pretty much the only one that here down here is a pain in the ass is Dulles. Cause you got to take a people mover. Um, Now with TSA pre-check, I feel a little more relaxed. I feel like I, I'm okay. You know, I will still give myself enough time to get to the airport. But once I get to the airport, I ain't rushing. Like I know I'm getting through the line in, in two seconds. Um, it's significantly better than, than than not having it. So this is a weird ad for TSA pre-check. How you know, big ad for PTSA pre-check. Although <laughs> I don't want people to do it because then they're going to clog up my line. That's But still, true. Yeah. how you're going for a long weekend? What are you packing? 
Like what bag? What are the bags that are making the trip? The is bags. This, you, so, is this a carry-on trip for you, or do you have to check something? No, I never. I never check a bag. We, okay, I, I, was... I never check a bag. Um, haven't. I don't. I haven't checked a bag without being told to check a bag. And right. the la one of the last times I did that, they they told me to check the bag at the gate, and then they lost my bag, and I didn't have a swimsuit, so I had to go buy a swimsuit in San Diego. Now I got a nice seventy dollar like pair of like beach shorts out of it, but you know. Um, so that may be our biggest disconnect is is whether or not the check like because on check a bag, I don't have enough that I have to check it right. Like I can get into a backpack and a roller bag for two weeks in Europe, like easily, like so easily in a long weekend I could too. But it's just like okay, well, if they're if it's if it's a nonstop, like if it's Pittsburgh to Nashville, right, and they want to check my bag because they think it's going to be full, go ahead and take it. Like it's going to show up. It's going to show up, right? Like they can't lose it. There's no stop. So maybe that's the thing. If there's stops, maybe I'm a little less worried about it. But Susan will hold out. She's like, nah, they'll give us some money at some point or we'll get on. But the tough, best, tough part with like say Southwest, if we're not in a priority group and you're in group C, then you're like looking for places for stuff. But yeah. First world problems. Yeah. Okay. Now I, so like when we travel for Penn State football weekends, right? Like that's a, that's a weekend yeah. trip for us. We usually fly th Thursday or Friday. Um, that's a suitcase and a backpack, but the, a lightly packed backpack. Um, but when we go to like Europe, it will be it will be a very full suitcase carry on, and then a relatively full backpack of other stuff I might need. Yeah, like if it's not if, if I don't have to worry about work, it becomes a lot easier because the, the laptop's in the back, not in the backpack. But oh, so you you don't travel with your laptop. Oh, 95 or 99 percent of the time I do. So if I can oh, get rid okay. of it, the times I can, it's 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 a great really. Deal. Oh, I mm -mm. that like I I, need... I just won't bring it. Like, but but I just got to know I'm not going to need to touch something. But I'm probably always going to need. There's always something I can do. Like, there's always downtime, right? Like, if we wait again for a long weekend in Nashville and we we partied for two nights, right? We get up the next morning, we have breakfast. Okay, I can probably have an hour if if to between one of us taking turns going to the gym where I can get some stuff done, right? And it's almost worth it to have it with that trip. So wow. I can't believe Steve does work while on vacation. Steve, you never have to work when you're you're um, in this job. Uh, I know. If I know, I know when I'm off. I'm off this crazy. job, yeah, you're you're off. Um, that's right. All right, that's it. That's it for this week's podcast. Um, okay, uh, this week coming up, I think we'll see. Depends on how how the skunk situation goes. <laughs> I feel confident. I just, I need to get, we did not go to sleep until about 3 a.m. So I'll probably work on this tomorrow. Maybe, maybe put it out. Let's see. It is two, today's Monday. So Tuesday, we will do our first ever NIL survey. I think we're going to ask okay, some okay. questions to get some temperature check. And then we'll uh, send those results at some point, probably next week. Um, well, maybe a week after to discuss that on the old podcast. I think that will pair nicely. Um, so there's that. We will also have an interview at some point, probably maybe even next week's episode uh, with uh, Sweeney Murdy, who is a Penn State alum, who essentially is kind of in charge or, or a big factor in the MLB's social media channels after a, a career at WFAN. Um, great conversation, great energy with him. So check out that interview. Uh, any any other housekeeping, Mr. Samsel? Might write something. Might write something. Might blog again. I'm, I'm feeling I, you're on about fire. Blogging about the women's basketball team because now they lost two in a row. But 
We'll see. Every time we write about them, every time I or you write <laughs> no, about them, they're like, we, oh, we and three it. after I write about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. We jinx it. So, um, okay. So that's what's coming down the pipe. Um, in the meantime, we've got a website. It's called stuffsummersays.com. On that website, there's a section called with Steve. Steve, we've got a podcast, which you're listening to. Five stars, thumbs up, subscribe if you're watching over in that general vicinity. Um Let's see what else we got to talk about. Uh, we've got to talk about the weird. Talked about the website. We've got emails. Mine's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Steve's is Steve at stuffsummersays.com. And then we've got Twitter handles. Uh, mine's at stuffsummersays. Steve's is at Steve Samsel. All right. Goodbye. I'm going to go smell, try to smell things that aren't skunk. <laughs>